Okay, so, so in today's podcast, we're going to talk a little bit more about melanizers. And so uh, we have Alyssa here today, and she is going to share with us some experiences that she has with that. And um, and so, Alyssa, if you want to just start by telling us a little bit about some of the research that you have done with your own birds and some of the things that you've observed with your own birds when it comes to these melanizers. Oh, sure. Thanks. Uh, thanks for um, having me come on. I'm by no means an expert in this. It's, I just kind of study the birds and it's a kind of a fun genetic experiment for me. So I tend to look at these things uh, quite a bit. In my own flock, what I'm seeing is um, a couple of different things which are melanizers. I kind of wanted to just briefly talk about what that means in case in, people don't know what that that is. Um, there are both known and unknown genes that enhance the black coloration of the plumage. And there are two known genes that I know of with names that specifically enhance eumelanin. And eumelanin is the name for this black coloration. Um, there's also red, the category of red coloration in birds, which is kind of brown, gold, and red colors, and that's theomelanin. And so we're talking about eumelanin, or sometimes we just call it melanin, which is the black part of that. And the what what I've seen in my own flock are several different things. One is I'm seeing a black wash down um, the red breast in female birds. It's supposed to be, I'm calling it red it's, it's, because it's, it's the pheomelanin, but it's, it's actually salmon in color the way we describe it. And what I'm seeing is some birds have a significant amount of black in the breast color and Oftentimes, these females also have a black throat latch area, so right under the chin. So that's one problem I'm seeing. And I will get that from two birds, which apparently do not have it. So the female doesn't have that problem. I don't know if the male does because they don't have a red breast, but you know they've come from a normal female. And so it, it strikes me as being probably either a combination of genes causing this or something that's recessive that comes out, but I don't know for sure because the complication of the sexual dimorphism where the females and the males look very different. Um, another thing that I'm seeing is that there is a darker crest in and upper cackle in predominantly the female, and I think it's because of the again the sexual dimorphism that they have that you can just see it more readily in the females. And what I'll see is the crest and the and the upper hackle will be kind of a darker gray, and sometimes it'll be seemingly almost black in color, um, but there's still a little bit of barring in it, but it, it still looks very, very dark. And I can tell at this point, when I look at the chicks when they're born, the down is has more of a blackish tint to it. And you can see this in both the females and the males when I put the chicks side by side. So I do know that it does affect down color. And I can tell looking at those, those are my females they are going to have problems with breast color predominantly. And I can also see a darker coloration right at the forefront of the V color or, or in, in the wild type down, you'll kind of get a brown V at the front of the head. And sometimes I will see a darker spot there. And those are the females which generally have a very darkly saturated uh, crest that I don't particularly want. Um, the problem that I'm seeing with the males is when they get dark, 
you'll sometimes see a blending of the hackle because it, they're darker ha colored hackle and it'll blend in with the dark barring of the breast. Normally there should be a color separation. So it seems like there's just an overall darker saturation of uh, the black pigment throughout the bird. And it, it you don't see that nice lighter hackle and darker breast color that you would normally see, associate with the male. So those are the things that I'm seeing in my flock. And I thought I'd ask everybody else who's on the call to find out, do you see different problems with melanizers in your flock or are you seeing the same ones that I'm seeing? I've got a comment. This is Curtis. Yes. Um, when you say a black washing on the breast, is that like a ling on the breast feathers of the females? Or is that uh, kind of a sooty color that's spread throughout the feather? It's the the whole. I, in fact, I, I wish I we were on air so I could show you the photograph. I, <laughs> I have a couple, and that that color is it looks black. It's not barred, but it looks it looks black. It doesn't look just like a mealy, you know, sooty color. Um, I mean, some of them might, but some of them when it's really intense, it, it, it's remarkably dark in color okay. and fairly solid. Uh, yeah, so it's that, different from the black I, tips. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I see the black tips lacing on mine, which I thought might be the same right. thing you described. So, yeah, there'd be a, yeah, so there's also a um, melanizer that's causing a, either a lacing or just a, a moon or the tip of the, the breast feather on the females to be black. Right. Right, and I see that too. I didn't bring that up because I kind of blew that one off because it seemed insignificant, but yes. And that's actually, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because we can talk a little bit about that in a second. So there's so actually Sherilyn, different ge genetic things going on that cause the, the, the feather tips versus what you're seeing. Now, I do see, um, I guess, more of a gray and a darker in the crest on the females. So now that, I mean, now I'm going to be going out and paying obviously more attention to some of the other details you've mentioned. Right. So, Jane, do you see anything in your flock? I was thinking while you were talking how um, useful the, just looking at the down color is, I've also noticed it's just the whole chick looks a little darker. It's not like the deeper brown, which is going to just be a nice gold chick, but... Um, a gold leg bar, golden creel. But, yeah, it's got kind of a black, and I have noticed that in the V for sure. Um, the, your, your reference to the males in terms of the separation of the hackle to the chest color I think is really important. What's interesting is I know I have males who are throwing melanized females, but the males, it's just not really, they do have good definition in their hackle and chest. They don't have a dark crest. And just in general, the males don't usually end up with a black crest, whereas the females do. I guess it's back to the sexual dimorphism, but it's, it's, um, it's kind of frustrating because you can breed a male if you didn't know what it looked like or what it came from, and it's contributing to the, that problem with your females. Right. Is there anybody another, else seeing anything else? I've got another comment. Um, the, uh, as far as the crest goes um, into the undercolor, you can either have a white undercolor or like a dark gray undercolor. And I've noticed that the dark gray undercolor usually goes with these melanizers. 
You're, you're talking the males, see, correct? Uh, both, the males and the females. I can usually see the undercolor um, from the separation where the crest is at. Sometimes uh, if there's separation of the tail and stuff, you can see the undercolors. But if you just lift up the bird and you know pull back the feathers, you can see the under the color. But I usually don't do that. But um, yeah, males and females usually on the crest. I can if I can see the dark gray undercolor. Those are the ones that usually tend to have the problems with the other things that we've already described. Okay, because for for me the undercolor is. <laughs> it's it's not an undercolor, it's an overcolor on the females. They're I mean the it's, okay. it's very predominantly dark. The males I agree with you. I have seen that where it's a, a charcoal almost coloration on the base, the, the white at the very base. And, yeah, uh, yeah, right. At, uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about is right at the very base. Yeah, not the. Yeah, I, yes. I definitely can. I see what you're saying with that. Um, well, okay, with all this in mind, I think I'm just going to do a very brief review of the melanizers that I know about. Um, there is one called melanotic, and the symbol for that is a dominant or incompletely dominant gene. And that means that one copy, it doesn't express as well as two copies, but it definitely, you just need one copy of the gene and you'll, you'll see it. And with that, and there's a couple of sources that I have for this, and one of them is um, Hank, who is from mm -hmm. uh, the Netherlands, I think. Yeah, uh, he has a chicken calculator, right? So in, in his website, and then there's there's another one, and I actually don't remember the lady's name. I, I've forgotten it right now, but she also has a, uh, a paper that she's done. I think she's also from the Netherlands. Um, but what, what they're saying about melanotic gene is that it extends black onto the red areas. So you would see potentially black extending into the, the red breast. And it, it seems to express differently depending upon uh, what type of down or ground color the bird has. So is it, you know, wild type, which is what we have, or is it uh, a birchen or, or whatever? It'll, it'll actually change the expression even in down color, um, depending upon what you have or what type of bird you're breeding. Um, it's he they, he says that a heterozygous meaning two copies um or sorry a dominant copy and a recessive copy are distinctly darker in females especially with the head and the hackle so this may be an explanation for the head and hackle and i will verify that that is a dominant trait because i bred a, a female leg bar a hen to a well summer male which does not carry melanotic and it did pass through in some of the females where they had the darker crest and so I, it is a dominant or incompletely dominant at least the the hackle and and the um, crest is a, an incompletely dominant or dominant trait um, and in the uh, homozygous so if they have two copies of it um, it sa he says that it approaches self-blackness but not by itself will it make the female all black and one thing I'd, i you know in the back of my mind when i also think we'll talk about this maybe a little bit later if we have time remember that these birds are diluted with barring and so that that is going to affect a lot of the black pigments that come up because that they're going to be um, diluted with this barring and moreover with barring um, I'll go ahead and bring this up like in Australia they have a light barred and a dark barred bird they both mm -hmm. have two copies of barring but the, there is one where it's a very light color and one that's a very dark color which I, which I would term as kind of a wimpy barring and some of my birds are definitely wimpy barring they they just have their the the bright white is not as as bright it's more of a, a 
grayish color and they just overall look darker. And I think that that some of what we're seeing may also be influenced because of this barring change. Uh, we may have both types of barring. It's still the same gene, it's just the way it's expressed. And so maybe after some of what's going on as well. Melanotic gene, um, it, it says that there's a minimal effect on down except with certain down types. And they didn't list wild type as one of them, but I for sure am seeing it. So I don't know if that pairs well with um, what we have is explaining that melanotic. So yes, the the going to the head and, and the upper hackle, that makes sense. You do see some black onto the red areas. Now, according to Hank, it, he says that it will push more black to the edges of the feather, which would go along with that black tipping, Curtis, that you had brought up earlier, is maybe we have some birds that have a melanotic and they only have one copy and maybe it's being suppressed a little bit by the other genetics that are going on that could explain a lot of what's going on with these birds is that some of these have um you, one copy of melanotic and maybe that's what's happening when i have my birds that have a tremendous amount of black perhaps they have two copies and maybe they have that darker wimpier barring and maybe there's some other enhancer that's going on so there may be a stacking effect but maybe that's why all of a sudden I have birds that you know it's not very bad we got a little bit of tipping but all of a sudden whammo I have pullets that are like super duper dark so that might be what's going on um there is another does the gene whole bird, called, does, does the whole bird when you get that type of a gene that's giving you that dirtiness or that that blackening of the breast feathers and the black around the the head and the crest. I mean, is the is it affecting the whole rest of the bird where you're getting kind of a darker black or cast overall, over the bird? They, yes. Okay. If if I have the the blackness where the entire feather looks black or the majority of the the breast feather looks black, and it's not a completely black breast. There's still red there, but yeah. it just it's. It's a significant wash and it seems to follow down from the throat latch area and just kind of go towards the center and pour down there. But it's not a mealy looking. It's it's a pretty solid black color, surprisingly. Um, the rest of the bird, I think, is overall darker. I think oftentimes the, the uh, uh, crest is also much darker, more of a charcoal color than you would see black. And I was trying to avoid the use of the color charcoal. When I first look at the male downs, when I first started seeing this, I called them charcoal because I felt like that was the best description as charcoal. But what I was going to get to is there is another gene um, labeled charcoal, which is, it was labeled as a dominant gene and it's CHA with a capital C. Um, and I am not finding a lot of information on this particular gene other than it's been named and it seems to exist. Um, it also extends black into the red areas. It's listed as a dominant gene. Um, it's apparently on the same actual gene as melanotic gene, but it's different. And somebody did an experiment and they, it appears to be separated out from the melanotic gene. And it, there seems to be with charcoal a linkage with the pea combs. And that's really all I've been able to, to find out um, on the charcoal gene. So has anybody else researched the gene charcoal before, or is this a new one? Oh. I hear I hear lots of not noise in there. So oh. I mean that. Oh, I was trying <laughs> to remember which breeds use that. I think the Wackenbelders use that gene to make the black backs. I don't know if the brassy back um, game fowl yeah, use the, that. 
Yeah, the brassy back, they're not sure on for sure. Um, it's an unknown melanizer. Some people are saying it's charcoal, but they, they, some other people are saying it might be something else. And brassy back is interesting because it's a wild type and it, it, it really, the whole bird is, is quite a bit darker, but there still is a salmon breast and you're, you're, you will see, um, some gold coming through on the back of the birds. And so that it's actually a very interesting one, but I couldn't find a lot of information on it, uh, unfortunately. So, and so, so that's my way of saying, yes, I've heard of charcoal, but no, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, you know, this may be a thing. Maybe there's charcoal also, also around. One of the questions I had for you guys in general, um, in my birds, I started out with five different uh, birds in my core flock. I had one that came from California that originally their, their per, that person's stock came from uh, Jordan Family Farms and it she was split for gold. She had a beautiful crest or ha I still have her. She's I think seven right now. Um, she's actually a nice looking little bird but she's definitely expressing gold. Um, I got two from Maria Oakley and those are both roosters and they were from two different lines. One of them had a really uh, overly uh, enthusiastic crest and the other one had a minimal crest and also the interesting thing about this bird and unfortunately I don't have him anymore he passed away but um, he was a very very white in color overall not a white bird but very light in color and he had minimal black barring on his breast it looked kind of like messy lacing it, it, there just wasn't a lot of color to it um, and he threw hypermelanized birds, which surprised me because he was so very, very light in color. And I wonder, I, I unfortunately he died before I got a chance to do breeding experiments with him. I have to wonder if he actually had one copy of Colombian. Um, and Colombian is a basically a diluter and it, it pushes away melanin, uh, the pigmentation from the body and basically enhances it in the hackle and in the tail. And he did have bar, a bar tail, but his breast was just so very pale. I just, I'm trying to figure out why a bird would throw really melanized babies when he himself is so very light. And that could, could be one possible explanation is, is Colombian in his background that's influencing the melanizers and, and changing things as well. Um, what I was gonna, so he, the, both of those birds were cream um, and came from Maria Oakley. And then two of my birds came from a gentleman named Brian, I can't remember his last name, down in Albuquerque. And, and Curtis, he got his birds from Oh, Brian Steen? Brian Steen? Yes, Brian Steen. Yeah. I've heard from him for a long time. He's a good guy. Yeah, I, I think he moved up to the Pacific Northwest. But anyway, okay. I got two from, he had two lines uh, of birds, an A and a B. And so I hatched one um, out of each. Neither one of them had a crest. Uh, they were both expressed gold, but the type on one of them was actually excellent. And the other one had didn't have that much melanizers in it. And so it was, it was interesting to, to see the interplay between that. So all of the three, three females I started out with were split for cream, but I definitely have cream in my claw in my uh, flock right now because of the two males I started with were uh, definitely um, cream, expressing cream. So um, it, it's been kind of interesting. And I, both, so basically all of those birds, I think Maria's were a mixture of the AB line and the C line. Um, I have one Reese bird that I traded for. So I, I've done a little bit of experimentation with her. She's melanized, um, even though she's a Reese lion. She came from Green Fire Farms as a line one of, of uh, Reese line. So she had a melanizer in her. So it's not just the A, B, C lines that had come across. 
Um, and then the other ones, I think were all the, the earlier lines. So what does everybody else see? Do you have, you know, sea lion birds? Do they, I, it seemed to me looking at photographs that the sea lion does not have as heavy saturation of a melanizer um, generically as some of the other lines, but I was wondering what you guys think or see. So this is Sarah. Um, I will say, actually, my Reef 1 um, did not have it, and it was actually to a point that they were, especially the males, were getting far too light. And um, I know that a lot of people have talked about this, about keeping separate um, lines for the male birds versus the female birds. And I did see, especially with the reeds one and the male birds, that they were far too light and actually needed additional melanizers um, because they were too washed out. The breast uh, barring was poor in a lot of them. Um, and I, I, there was absolutely no barring a lot of times in the wing triangle. And so I was really struggling with that. And also what, you know, we... I, I was just saying is that there was also a lack of overall color, which I know is different than the melanizers. But at, at that point with the reeds one, I really wasn't seeing any chestnut expression at all. Um, and so it was just, it was a very, um, I, I think it got to a point where it was not a very interesting looking bird. <laughs> um, and so mm -hmm. I did, I, I did start really intentionally crossing the reason one with the sea line um, because I was trying to avoid some of the things that I knew cropped up potentially in the A and the B and especially um, trying to avoid any of the recessive white in those lines because I do keep my white lines separate so I was not looking across that and I haven't seen that show up at any point in the sea line it seemed to be more in the A and the B as well as some of the other things. And so I, I have seen that I've been able to get a um, more defined barring by crossing those two that I was not able to get when I was just doing the raise one. Interesting. And your, your point about the barring, the interesting thing about this breed is that it calls for distinct barring in and black uh, black barring in the, or, or gray barring in the the saddle and you're also supposed to see it in the um secondaries in in the males and so normally if you look at a picture of a wild type bird those areas are not black to begin with and so the standard is calling for birds to have barring where traditionally you don't have it. So I think that that's telling us, and the birds that I have, the males that are um, black enhanced males, definitely do have very nice barring in the wing triangle and, and in the, the saddle feathers. And so I think it's supposed to have a little bit more melanin than you see in the reef line. I think she was so focused on getting a beautiful breast in um, you know, body on her females that the the males, and that's where you you know all of a sudden we need to get into double mating and and uh, having two different pens, which I really don't want to have happen because that kind of gets away from the the spirit of this bird, which is you're supposed to have a bird that is a backyard bird that you know replicates from one generation to the next, and you know homesteader could have and all, all that, and so I I, I would. I, I don't want to breed for a show. I 
prefer to just try to find a balance and realize that some are going to be better specimens, better quality specimens than others. Um, hey, I've got so a couple else? of pictures of um, some huh? birds with some females with the dark. Can I show you and see if this is what you're talking about as far as the coloring? Is this are, back on? I, I, I don't see it, anything coming up on my screen. No, I oh. say, can I show and talk, oh, talk about? Yeah, oh, can sure. you, yeah, can I, I think uh, Sarah has to yeah. share the screen. There you Ashley, go. Ashley Sherilyn has that right. So she's, she's okay. able to pull it up. Okay. Did you guys, can you see? Yep. I, I did see okay. it. I think it went away though. Or maybe well, yeah, yeah, it's up on my screen. Okay, so you see the all the darkness here and the more black, and then I've got Yeah, I'm actually not one. seeing it on my screen for some reason. To me that's more mm -hmm. of a black and white bird. Is this the coloring we're talking about? Because I am not seeing it on my screen. Okay. I'm not either. I did see it for right. a moment. Hang on so a like... second. Hang on. Let me this, put okay. it again. This is this right, is being shared now. It it might be beneficial, Sherilyn, to um, move this forward to a newsletter item where everybody can visualize it since the podcast is just audio. Oh, so sorry. Well, it was okay. I got you. I got you. Never mind. I'll unshare. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> well, okay. So I'm seeing just a little tiny. What I'm seeing is little tiny black tips. Uh, yeah. On the yeah, yeah. And uh, that's actually pretty common that I've seen in, in my birds, and that's not what I'm talking about. And so I'll see if I can pull out a picture. I've actually rehomed uh, the worst offenders, and so I'll, I'll maybe... Uh -huh. um, I've got one bad offender right now that I might be able to get a picture of in the next day or two. That I, I call it the cuckoo yeah, it be... coloring because yeah. they're darker, <laughs> don't have as much of the brown well, or lighter grades, but it's almost a black and white color. Yeah, that's what, I mean, I've got some that are more black and white, and so that's what I'm wondering if this is what we're talking about, the more the black and white, and if it seems to be something that's some sort of a a dominant that's going to, I mean, we really need to work this out, am I understanding, because there's not a use to breed to a light-colored male to improve the male, you just get more melanized extreme birds, right? Maybe the the problem Maybe. is, Sharon, there's so many, there, there's so many. This bird is so incredibly complicated genetically, which is a blessing and a curse. It makes it really interesting, but you can get a whole bunch of random stuff. It's like each you might have, um, you know, a fistful of dice, and let's say a number one is is really pale, and a number, you know, six is is really black. And you shake up and, and all these other colors are going. And so the thing is that you have to add up all of the numbers between all of the other genes and get an average because one one gene is going to influence how the other one is expressed. So if you have wimpy barring, you're going to get a darker colored bird. But if you had, um, you know, the, the lighter colored barring, then you're probably going to you're going to see more of a, um, you know, or less of expression of that. And it's going to be a grayer color instead of this charcoal color. And um, how okay. much underlying red coloration do you have in that bird? And uh, there's just so many different variables that it makes them very, very interesting. And there's still even discussion amongst the geneticists about things. For instance, um, there's a, a, a guy who does genetics. I don't know if he's an actual geneticist or not. And I think, if, if I remember right, his name was Brian Reeder. 
And he was trying to name a bird. He did a whole bunch of experiments with this. And he named the, it was a red gene. And he was calling it AP, capital AP. And I suspect it stands for autosomal theomelanin, but I'm not 100% sure mm -hmm. on that. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've read it. And he actually thought that it was a, a dominant trait and that if you had two copies, he had a, a more prominently or brighter colored um, red breast and he had a paler salmon if you only had one copy and it would be almost gray colored, almost devoid of red if you didn't have any copies at all in a wild type. But I don't know if that's really true or not, uh, but I remember him doing reading up or me reading up on the experiments that he had done, but it just kind of circles back to um, the point about the Reese line and how they looked just kind of pale. It's because they eliminated so much of the chestnut. It was all of a sudden you wanted a, uh, they were going for a black and white bird. And I think to the detriment of, of the overall look of the bird, I think the best looking birds and the ones that people, when they come over and they look and they're like, oh, he's really pretty. Those are the ones that actually have a lot of this autosomal red coloration in, in their shoulders. And they, mm. they just are more striking birds than the, the flat black and white ones. And so I have not made an effort to pull that out. And I think it, it actually shows up in the breast because I have birds. And there was one time when I posted two birds, um, one of them was expressing gold and the other was expressing um cream and other than that they looked pretty similar and somebody had commented saying the one that was cream looked like it was gold and I asked why they thought they that, that was why did they say that and they said well because the breast is really dark color and that the breast is really dark color because there's a more saturation of general uh, red color in my bird in general not because the bird is a gold, uh, expressing gold. And so it's, it, you know, we seem to zero in on one thing, but all of these things are interplaying together to yeah. um, make an overall one color of each individual bird. So. Well, I know yeah. when I first started, you know, cream, I, you know, light bird, but then you realize you need the barring and you need the, the, the red, on, you know, on the shoulders. So you go towards that, but, you know, you still have you know, the lighter birds. And I guess your gut reaction is you breed it to a darker bird to hopefully get something in the middle. But I guess that doesn't necessarily work because sometimes these genes aren't going to be a blending, I guess. It's like it's either going to express a certain way or not, right? Yeah. Yes. I think so. Okay. I need to learn alphabet soup is what I need to do. <laughs> well, you know, you just do your best and, and go with the best type you have. And remove any colors which you think like all all the ones the females that I have with that have that really dark breast. I don't mind the tips being dark. I do not mind that at all. But if I have a black wash down the center and a and a black throat, then I do not want that bird in my in my population, even if her type is really good. So you know, okay. sort, sort first with type and then just try to eliminate the ones that are on either end of the spectrum like that one male I talked about cumberbatch that had the almost white breast I mean it was very very light in color and I used him initially to get my flock going and then I stopped breeding with him because 
I clearly don't want that to carry on. Right now, what I'm doing is I have some males that I've been working hard on the barring to get really nice, distinct barring on the breast. And I'm taking those males and putting them over my females that were my original females from six and seven years ago. And I'm kind of having to start all over again because the males have the, a little bit more messy barring in the breast. But I'm hoping to bring back some of the traits that I might have lost a little bit along the way. One of the things I've lost is a nicer crest. And so I'm trying to bring, you know, go back to the, to the females and bring back the, the nicer breast or crest, excuse me. So, you know, it's it's a dance that you have to do and you just have to kind of go for it and use your best judgment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Golly. So uh, that's kind of all I have right now. I'm, I'm <laughs> I've kind of talked out at this point. So if anybody else has anything they wanted to bring up or something that I missed or, or anything, then... By all means, well, Actually, I, I want to say, first of all, Alyssa, thank you so much. And I, uh, obviously, it was a very robust conversation, and we only had to ask one question, and then there was a lot of follow-up questions about that, which <laughs> indicates the fact that it's something that really interests people. And I think that, as you talked about, um, and I know that you have, you have said to me and um, two others as well is that Punnett studied this himself as the, uh, the the melanizers and so obviously it's something that people have recognized and studied for quite some time and that also you've brought up in different points here is that you know the the leg the cream leg bar is challenging when you're thinking about it as a showbird is that it. Um, it has a lot of these challenges, including these melanizers, where, as Sherilyn just said, it's not as simple as just blending and saying, okay, I'll take this dark bird and this light bird and put them together, and magically, I'll have a perfect bird after that, is that we know that there's additional challenges. And so I think that you touched on a lot of those things that are really interesting to us. So thank you for doing that. Well, you bet. I just wish I had more answers. I wish other people had more answers. It's it's just very very complicated, and we're it's a work in progress. So, well, and I appreciate it. I think um, what we see so often, again, on the social media posts, is we do see a lot of people that are posting about their hypermelanized birds, especially with the females. I mean, we see a lot of people showing birds that have the very very dark crest um, and they sometimes have the tipping but the crest seemed to be a more recent issue with a lot more of the birds and so I think that this podcast and this discussion will be interesting to a lot of people that um, actually did reach out to me as well to listen to it later so I do appreciate you taking the time to to share that information. Well, you're welcome. So I am going to um, just uh, say that at this time, I think there are additional opportunities that we can maybe talk about this more in future podcasts. Uh, we can certainly follow up in additional newsletters or on social media. But I do think this is a conversation that we may want to continue in the future. But again, thank you, Alyssa, so much for talking to us today. And at this time, I'm going to go ahead and conclude this uh, recording. And uh, thank you all for your participation this evening.